Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Who said that? Who the f said that? Is it Tommy F? Phone's for you. I think it's the devil. Who are these f***ing guys? Is it Tommy F? We'll go to the loony bin together. It's a lot of nonsense. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest man. What is going on? Another episode of the Total BS Podcast. Justin, what is new with you? What's new with me? Well, I'm attempting to grow off facial hair, and it's been about three to four weeks, and I still can't grow a beard. So I'm thinking about coming home and just shaving it all off because I'm just done with it. I'm done with it. Well, I, I will say this on my end. Um, I had to trim the beard. The beard is no longer as long and as wild and as wiry as it once was. It is now nice and fresh and clean. And so is this episode of the Total BS Podcast. Here we go. Saul, next time you Saul, next time you shave your beard, can you give me some so I can like plug some in? Bruh, you do not want all this gray hair. You don't want that soft, man. You don't want this. Don't Call me Patch this. Adams. Man, I feel like uh, the dad in, um, uh, oh, what is that? Teen Wolf. I don't know if you've ever seen Teen Wolf, but uh, the dad comes in, he's all gray and white, and that's what I feel like, man. It's just kind of crazy. I can't get it. You know, I have that same kind of issue where it just, I can't grow that beard like right underneath that, like that cheekbone line, like just, just a nice, full, sexy beard, you know? Like, I just, I've never been able to do it. It comes in like patches. I look like a freaking homeless man. Patches of Hulahan. Patches of Hulahan. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, you said MC Square because he does our uh, show intro. Mm-hmm. I believe we're going to be seeing MC Square here very soon. Absolutely. Maybe this week. Half, half, man. Half of the the tandem um, of MC Squared will join us on Sunday. Luis Iverson will join us. He's uh, the man behind the the outfit that is MC Squared and who's given us their sound, so we'll appreciate that for sure. Can't wait to see him on our podcast. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and we have a couple other things lined up as well. We're hoping to get Greg Esposito, and if you don't know who Greg Esposito is, his name is Espo. He's known around this part of the country for his son's stuff. But he is one of the more unique and well-versed individuals when it comes to the NBA. And so we will definitely have him on. He actually used to work for the Phoenix Suns. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to have him on. And uh, hey, we're going to cross-promote. We're going to cross-promote. You know, they, he has his podcast. He's about to launch a new one uh, potentially. And so we're going to see what, what he has to offer, and, and we'll see what we have to offer him. So. The Phoenix Suns have a lot of interesting employees in their past. You have Espo being one. And I just discovered this like uh, a year ago. Amin El Hassan mm-hmm. worked for the Phoenix Suns as well. Steve Kerr was also with the Phoenix Suns. So a long line of interesting employees have come through the Suns organization. Absolutely, Shaq. I mean, Shaq. Hey. If you've touched the Phoenix Suns, you might not have had a lot of success with the team, but post career, <laughs> you've been awesome. So, you know, 
Who knows? I'm, exci- but I'm excited to have that spawn. It, it'll be it'll be fun. But speaking of the NBA, um, I feel like that's a good place to start because if I start talking about Major League Baseball, I'm going to throw my microphone through the window. <laughs> so let's just you know let's take it easy. Let's just walk it in and let's start with the greatest place on earth, Disney World, baby. And uh, the plan, the 113 page detailed plan, who which even the New York Times said was a bit much, <laughs> which is kind of crazy if you think about it. But 113 page plan to lay out all the details. And Justin, I'm gonna give you some of the cliff notes of the do's and don'ts at Disney World. Do not play doubles and ping pong, do not have a caddy on the golf course, do not share your snorkel. Do not have a headset when you play. Share headsets when playing video games. Actually, don't even bring a headset because you're not allowed to bring one, just in case somebody wants to try and put it on to wear it. And you can't shower at the arena. You have to shower once you get back to your hotel room. A lot of no's, no's, no's. They're talking about tracking devices. Um, there's going to be, you know, these magic bracelets. I don't know if you've ever been to Disney World, Justin, but they wear. They have these bracelets. Um, and usually those bracelets are, are good for the rides, but I think they're going to manufacture these bracelets to where if you stay within six feet of somebody else for longer than five seconds, it'll start to buzz and let you know you need to get out of that area. All types of craziness going on. <laughs> it's going to be the wild, wild world of sports at the wild, wide world, world of sports. Man, that's hard to say three times. It's a tongue five. twister. It is. Um, I, it's it's going to be fun, though. Hey, at least they got a plan. They've got an agreement. The only thing left is to see what players are actually going to make the commitment and go down. They have until the 24th to commit. And if they don't commit, they do have to give the reason why they're not going, whether it be injury um, or the the Black Lives Matter protest, um, or they're afraid of the coronavirus and what that could entail. Um, But I don't believe it's going to be as easy as just saying whatever it is that you don't want to do it and that's it. I think they're going to have to show like some type of a plan as to why they're not going to do it because they're forfeiting their salary. So let's back it up here. Yeah. yeah. I have one, I have one question. Let's just say for instance, there's a player who has a friend and that friend doesn't happen to be their wife. Let's say that friend is somehow hiding in the closet and the wife <laughs> walks up next to the closet, will the bracelet go off? Ooh. Well, it it, <laughs> it has to be with somebody else that's wearing the bracelet. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Because you have to check in. In order to be in this bubble area, I'm sure everyone has to wear a yeah, bracelet. Yeah. No, first of all, nobody can come inside the bubble unless, unless they're pre-authorized. That's number one. Yes. Unless you're a Disney employee. If you're a Disney employee... Um, you will be able to come and go, but you will not be within six feet of the players and you will not be able to go into their actual rooms, which yeah. is kind of uh, kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're taking a lot of precautions on this and, and kudos to the NBA for having a plan and understanding exactly how detailed this plan has to be in order to get pull, to, to pull it off. Now, there there are exceptions. It's not total lockdown. Hey, we're going to go into boot camp mode until – where someone is crowned a champion. Think of this as summer camp for a lot of these NBA players. They get to go to Disney World of all places, be in this enclosed environment. I'm using my air quotes here, but they're still able to roam the campus, 
they're still able to enjoy all the amenities that come along with it. Like they have a player's lounge where you can go and play 2K. They have pools. You can go golfing with other people. And the one rule is don't have a caddy. So, I mean, players have the ability to enjoy themselves. They're able to relax. That way they don't have these mental breakdowns because I'm sure – you know, being locked up in Orlando from July all the way into October until someone's crowned a champion. I mean, that could be, that could really wear you down mentally, but you know, having the abilities to have your family come in, you can fly out a personal chef. Now, with that being said, the personal chef can't be inside of the bubble, but you're still able to have someone prepare meals for you. You're, you still have barbers there that, that the NBA is providing. So there's a lot of, knows a lot of don'ts for these players but you look at everything that's being provided to them shoot i want to go i'm not even an nba player and i'm not getting paid millions of dollars but i would love to be a part of this hey i'm telling you what man hey i would absolutely love to be a part of this as well like i i know some of the players don't want to leave their families i get that um and i i understand the coronavirus thing is is very serious for a lot of them and i i get that too Although, you know, I, being stuck in a hotel where, it, you know, you, you have a lot of safety precautions, I don't have to cook. I don't have to clean. Like, I just get to play ball and maybe have a little bit of fun. Like, yeah, I, I'll take that right now because what I'm doing right now is just it sucks. I'm yeah. sitting here in my room, you know, yeah. stuck in quarantine. The only thing I can do is go to my local pool when there's not anybody there because I'm so like I don't want to touch anything anybody else is touching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah, going to the to the wide world of sports would be fun as hell. But these players have a deadline to meet. June twenty fifth is that 24th, deadline. Twenty fourth. June twenty fourth is that deadline. One week from today. So if they tell the NBA, no, I'm not going to play. The league is going to review that process. Why are you not participating in this event if you're a part of one of the uh, 22 teams selected for this? Now, if it's because you have, um, you know, respiratory problems and you think that you are more likely to contract COVID-19 more so than others, then you have that ability to say, no, I I can't do this. I don't want to risk my health and I don't want to risk the health of others in my family just so I can go out and play basketball. So if you're one of those people, you will be listed as a protected player. Now, unfortunately, if you're like guys like Kyrie Irving, Avery Bradley, or even Dwight Howard who have expressed hey, we need to focus on other issues, including Black Lives Matter, then you will be listed as an excused player. And if you're an excused player, your pay will be reduced by a fraction. I think it's like 192.6 yep. yeah. or something like that. And yep. if, if it's and that's only per game. So if you miss the entire season, I think it's like, like 14 out of, uh, was it, 92.6 of your salary. So listen... There's options. You have the ability, if you're an NBA player, you have the ability to opt out of this if you believe you are at risk of COVID-19 or if you want to use your platform for other reasons. And I think it's cool that the NBA and Adam Silver is giving these guys some options. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, I also think uh, if if you look at the plan and where these players are staying, again, uh, they're not exactly roughing it. And if you've been to Disney World, you've seen the Grand Floridian. 
which is right there at the Magic Kingdom, right off the water. And a lot of people get married there. Uh, that is where um, the Thunder, 76ers, Rockets, Pacers, Mavs, Nets, Grizz, and Magic will all be housed. And then the top tier teams, the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clips, Clippers, uh, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat will all be at the Grand Destino, which, by the way, is a little bit over $200 per night if you stay there. The Grand Floridian is about $732 per night if you stay there. And the Yacht Club, which is where the lowest uh, of the teams are going, the Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns, and Wizards, um, is going to the Yacht Club. And that's that's about $425 or something like that and some change a night. Uh, so the top-tier teams actually got the cheapest hotel, which is kind of crazy. The Yacht Club, honestly, when I looked at the pictures, the Yacht Club is like literally right right there on the beach too. They have like a little beachfront property. Yo, that seems like that's the space to be right there. I mean, it looks nice and comfy. You just go out there, you know, bake in the sun on your off day. Why not? I wonder why they put those specific teams in the Yacht Club. Is it because there's a higher chance of them go being eliminated? Real fast. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> That's it, baby. That's it, man. Hey, we, we made it. We want your stay to be as comfortable as possible because you ain't going to be here very long. <laughs> two weeks tops, you're out. So, but uh, also another thing that I'm really jealous about is I mentioned barbers, but they also have manicurists. And pedicurists mm-hmm. gotta so have those. You, so those you can go. Man. Oh man! Yeah. Like if you're a high-profile basketball player, you're on your feet a lot. Your feet are probably just abused. You can go ball out, go practice, go to a game, and then go get your feet taken care of. You also have a uh, 24-hour food service available. So it's not like uh, Michael Jordan in Salt Lake City, Utah, where it's nine o'clock at night, and you're like, man. I'm so hungry. I just, I just need something. <laughs> man, just let that go, man. And you have five guys man, showing man, up with a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so angry about that story, man. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. I'm not salty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I think the one thing that nobody's really talking about so far, man, think about this. You have 10 teams in a hotel and you're LeBron course it's going to be lebron because he's like the ringleader and the king of tampering like come on now let's go we all know where this is headed the only team that could have made this a little bit better is if the warriors somehow got into this that would have just been awesome because then next year all of a sudden you're like how the hell did the warriors get devin booker how the hell did the Warriors get uh, De'Aaron Fox? What the hell's going on? Oh, they were all in the same hotel. How about that? Well, and I should also add this. One of the rules that the NBA proposed, no agents are allowed in the bubble. You don't need so, no for a bubble. Come on, man. So, so Rich Paul. Hey, come on now. That and, doesn't and matter. Sports reps, they're not going to be around. But you do know if Rich Paul was in that bubble – roaming around having conversations <laughs> with Giannis Antetokounmpo or maybe other free agents in that top tier hotel. Oh, yeah. Then maybe, you know, there's some concern, but I I do believe the NBA made that rule where no agents are allowed specifically for rich Paul clutch sports. All I know is the sun's about to come up. <laughs> <laughs> Devin Booker, man, come on, work your magic, man. Come on, do this, do this. 
The Valley needs it. Let's go. Kelly Oubre's out for the year, right? He's out for the year. So uh, that was no shocker. Um, although some people around here were a little surprised. Robert Sarver had already said that he was going to play. And, you know, it's fu- kind of funny when you get close to it, you're like, uh, you know, the knee just uh, ain't, ain't quite right. Kelly Oubre wanted a jump start to his hot boy summer. He's <laughs> he's still going to the bubble. So that's the thing. He's still going to be with the Phoenix Suns during this time, but he's just not going to play. And I – what's hashtag, that? Hashtag tampering. Hashtag tampering. What do you mean tampering? That's what he's – that's what he's going – he's going there to recruit. That's oh, what he's doing. Okay. He's going there to recruit. AD, no. baby, come on. Let's go. Let's go. He, you know what's so funny is if there was any <laughs> expendable player in this – like uh, uh, the most valued asset – from team to team, right? Kelly Oubre would be the most valued asset for the Suns because he's got one year left on this deal. So it would be kind of a little bit – it would be kind of ironic that the potential of him of playing his last game as a Phoenix Sun actually does exist. It's something to think about. And so him going with the Suns, you know, it would be interesting to see what happens after this. But um, one league we can both agree on that has not – done this entire thing right at all by any stretch of the imagination is Major League Baseball. Now, last week during the MLB draft, Commissioner Rob Manfred said, I guarantee we are playing baseball this year. Then on Monday, he said, it ain't looking so good, son. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the hell happened between in five days, but something, something went wrong. He says it's because once they, um, once they, once the players had finally said, you know what, just tell us where to be, um, that there was going to be a lawsuit, a grievance lawsuit, and it would be about a $1 billion lawsuit. But um, at the end of the day, today, of all days, we actually had some progress, it seems like, and it looks like ba- baseball's on the verge of coming back. And some of the agreements are the universal DH, which if you ask me, thank God for that, Universal DH, expanded playoffs, which would mean 16 teams in the playoffs. I, again, I think it's it's necessary at this point. I think you need to do that. Um, so, the, And then somewhere between 60 and 70 games is, is the, the rumor as of right now. So hopefully they can come to an agreement on Friday. Your thoughts overall, Justin, on, on exactly how this has all gone down and, and where we are today? I don't know what to believe anymore. Because, like you said, Rob Manfred during the draft seemed so confident that baseball was coming back. And then a few days later, it's uh, maybe uh, I think there's going to be a season. I'm not totally sure. That right there to me says everything I need to know about where Rob Manfred is. You know, ESPN the other day had this special with Mike Greenberg where they had a bunch of uh, commissioners come on and talk about their reentry plans uh, for the season and you know what they're doing to take the the proper steps to get their guys back on TV back playing uh f- for their fans and like you said Rob Manfred said I I think we're going to come back I'm not totally sure and he was the only commissioner that seemed not confident about their sport coming back and, and I and the, and the players went ham after that Yes. All over Twitter. Oh, Jason, yes. Jason Kipnis even tweeted 
Hey, uh, Adam Silver, you up? <laughs> you up? <laughs> or uh, was it Bryce Harper was uh, mentioned in the idea of playing for the Philadelphia Eagles? And I said, if, no, if there's any player that's going to make that jump to the NFL, it's got to be Aaron Judge. Because that man is 6'7", 282 pounds. Ooh, that I is think Mike, I think Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout. Mike, Mike Trout. And he's, a, he, he's super athletic. Like, I would pay – Good money to watch Mike Trout do other athletic things. You saw what he did at Top Golf in Phoenix. I mean, he yeah. drove a ball like 400 yards into outer space. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just think that Rob Manfred didn't really look good this past week. And the fact that he was the only commissioner not confident in the sport coming back, it, it's very concerning to me. And I tweeted out this video, you retweeted it, Saul. The whole concept of Rob Manfred going on that commissioner's show and talking about how how unconfident he is in um, baseball coming back reminded me of uh, the Bill Burr special when he said, you know, I had to get married because anytime I, I came to you know dinner conversations with all my older friends, I felt like I had nothing to contribute. They're over here talking about mayoral candidates and all of this, and I'm just – Hey, did you guys see the YouTube video of a raccoon stealing a dog's food? That's what Rob Manfred is right now. He is that guy that just can't contribute to the conversation. And so he just sat up there looking very confused, saying, I don't know what, what the plan is right now. And listen, the, I think the, the, the deadline that they proposed or the start of the season that they suggested will be July 19th. Uh, that's according to Buster Olney. So we are a little over a month away from a potential start to Major League Baseball, but this constant teeter-totter of, yeah, I think baseball will come back. Oh, I think not. I Like I said, I don't know what to believe anymore, and I know Rob Manfred talked to uh, uh, Players Association Director Tony Clark uh, today in Arizona. Yeah, I, don't know, yeah. I don't know what was said during those meetings, but I guess we'll have to wait to find out. Yeah, we'll have to wait to see, and hopefully, hopefully, somehow, some way, they can figure it out. They have burned a lot of bridges already for a sport that is very old, and their demographic is only getting older. And they're all and about their, the integrity of the game, and, right? And, the, and their lack of imagination in, in trying to get the younger audience—that's um, all—that all hurt them. They had a they had a public image problem, not because of of their content or because of their teams or their players. It was because of their image and what it represented, an old game getting older and older, and these grumpies in you know, not only you know as fans, but also in the press box, you have a lot of old media members that are just like, oh, that's not the way we play the game. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? Like, just – I don't care if Ronald Acuna bat flips. That gets me hyped up when I see that. I mean, we all remember uh, uh, Batista – a couple years ago for the Toronto Blue Jays who swatted a homer out of the park and just stared off and just threw his bat. And I was like, dude, I'm not even a Blue Jays fan. And I got hyped up. Like, mm -hmm. that's what we need. We need more excitement in the game. And it's not – it used to be home runs were the exciting part of the game. But now it's like, okay, well, home runs are cool and all, but I need some emotion. I can't watch a bunch of robots. Like, I can't. It's not fun. Like I yeah. need to, I need some juice. That's why rivalries are so impactful. When you see the Dodgers and the D-backs or the Dodgers and the Giants, you know, go get that shit out of the bay. You know what I mean? Like, 
That's what I want to see. The Red Sox Yankees, you know, like we need rivalries, the Cardinals and Cubs. Like if you're a fan base of those teams, when those two head get, get head to head, it's not because, oh, this is two good baseball teams. No, it's because it's two good baseball teams and there's a lot of fire and hate for each one. Like that's mm-hmm. what I want to see. And the fact that baseball just will not embrace that is beyond ridiculous, beyond ridiculous. So hopefully, hopefully this will be the beginning of a change because Major League Baseball needs a significant image overhaul when it comes to really promoting their star athletes. They got to stop. They got to stop with the purity of the game BS because nobody cares anymore. I don't care that Barry Bonds is the all-time home run king and he might have juiced. I don't care. I just don't care. The Sammy Sosa McGuire thing, people were all spun up about it a couple years after. Oh, I can't believe they wrote it up. They saved baseball. Shut up. Like if it weren't for them, nobody would be watching anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and the Sammy and the Sammy Sosa Mark McGuire home run race in 1998 was the big reason why or not a big reason why, but it, it had some impact on that rivalry. The Cardinals versus the Cubs, Mark McGuire versus Sammy Sosa, the two home run kings. And, you know, the coronavirus stopping the sport of baseball, I believe, really set baseball back because this was supposed to be the year where baseball was somewhat popular because people wanted to see what was going to happen to the Houston Astros. I said this with a two, three podcasts ago. Everybody needs a bad guy in sports. You you have sure. that you have that passion you have that emotion to absolutely hate another team or a, a a person because of who they stood for. I guarantee if the if baseball happened this year, you would have a lot of people tuning in to Houston Astros games, me included, because I would want nothing more than to see Jose Altuve get thrown at all four foot eleven of him. So <laughs> I'm not salty at all, not one bit. <laughs> So, anyways, Dodgers fan for those of you that don't know. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of uh, uh, hating somebody, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was a good. I don't know if that was a good transition or not. But today's a pretty significant anniversary. I remember watching the Knicks and the Rockets back in 1994, uh, and Akeem was actually the most the thing I remember the most about that was that Hakeem Olajuwon um was sell, was going through Ramadan at the time and if you know anything about Ramadan as a muslim you cannot eat or drink from sun up to sundown and so he's playing on the east coast he's playing against the Knicks and the game was like in the middle of the day it was like 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon and we're getting close to halftime and all of a sudden breaking news on NBC and I was like what the hell is going on and there's a bronco just flying down the highway. Mr. OJ Simpson is in the back with Al Cowlings in the front riding, riding, uh, and it was just crazy. It was nuts. And 25 years ago, 26, 26 years ago, 26 years ago, today, June 17th, 1994. But Justin, there's a little bit more to the story because what's happening on June 9th? Uh, yes. (laughs) Ford announced earlier this week that, the famous car company will, in fact, bring back the Ford Bronco. And why is July 9th such an important day? 
because July 9th just so happens to be OJ Simpson's birthday. Oh, it's the, it's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. And I, when I, I first heard the, honestly, wouldn't it have that? been genius marketing if they would have promoted it for today? If they released oh, it today, man. I mean, I no disrespect to the victims because that's that's sad. Yeah. Technically, OJ didn't do it right, but come on now, let's come on, let's be real about that. But I mean, hey, you know, 26 years ago we saw this flying down the highway, and now you can buy the new one. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's just—I mean, come on now. I keep telling you, man, you should hire me in marketing. Oh man, (laughs) oh my goodness! And that day, I really wish Twitter was around during that day. Well, you weren't even alive during that I, day. Yes. I was born <laughs> a year later in 1995. I wish Twitter was around during that day. I'd be like, oh, did you see what so-and-so said? That was crazy. Just think yeah. about all the memes dur- oh if, during the Ford Bronco chase. Oh, my God. Man. But June 17th, 1994, it's also a, a 30 for 30. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it right after this podcast. But it's so crazy to think of all like the things that happened on that day. OJ was kind of like the centerpiece because mm-hmm. even during the NBA finals, during all these other sporting events, you just would hear, and we'll have updates with the OJ Simpson Bronco chase. I'm like, what? So I looked at all the other things going on. Bronco chase, Arnold Palmer's last U.S. Open, New York Rangers celebration after winning the Stanley Cup, Knicks Rockets game five, the commencement of the World Cup in the United States, which was happened for the first time ever, and then Ken Griffey uh, tied Babe Ruth's home home run record before June thirtieth. So you had everything going on on Crazy. this June date, and then you got OJ Simpson going forty miles an hour in a Bronco, getting the show. a police stole escort. The stole the show. He stole the show so much, nothing else even existed. It was just like, what did OJ do? what and it was just like it was like must see tv that was like the first that was the first glimpse of like reality tv right like 94 i think that might have been like pre real world on mtv okay and it was just like you couldn't take your eyes off of it you were just watching it the whole time they're driving down the freeway they're talking about oj has a gun to his head he's gonna he's gonna kill himself al cowlings is talking to the cops and then they're like just he just wants to go home and all this other stuff then they finally make their way to brentwood and they drive off the freeway it was just the craziest scene you've ever it was a movie you, we were watching a real life movie happening right in front of our eyes and and then obviously the ensuing pandemonium that happened shortly thereafter with the trial and whatnot. And, and I mean, that's if you've if you've never seen OJ Made in America, it is it is top five all time documentaries I've ever watched. Um, I love The Last Dance. I actually, in retrospect, I love The Last Dance. I actually think OJ Made in America was was better than The Last Dance. Me Just too. The, it was just very well executed from top to bottom. It was well thought out. It had a lot of good insight commentary from both sides. It was just very, very well done. And considering everything that's going on in the United States right now with police brutality Mm. and their behavior towards black Americans. Isn't it ironic? How did, how, how did he get away? Like this is two years after Rodney King too. Yeah. Like, 
maybe in, 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 in the documentary, they say like that was a major, that, that could have played a factor in the fact that, you know, they just, they didn't want to do anything that was going to set the public off again uh, like that did. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, in, in that OJ made for in made in America, there's a juror that literally says like, yeah, we got him off because LA owes us. They owe yeah. us one. So OJ well, benefited off of wrongdoings of the past, even though, uh, I mean, you know, well, and you know, you can win your case based off of who's in your jury pool. And I believe the Rodney King trial was in Santa Monica so your makeup, you have a lot more white people yeah. in your jury pool where, you know, the OJ case, Gil Garcetti, uh, the district attorney at that time for Los Angeles said, no, this is a big case. This is the case of Los Angeles. We need to have this in downtown LA. So your jury pool is much different. And then when the verdict was announced that OJ was not guilty, one of the jurors stand, stood up and put his fist in the air. Yeah. And then and then walked out. So, like you said, it's just that was more of you know Los Angeles Otis one because of the years that we have dealt with police getting away with everything. Absolutely, because I mean, could you imagine if if that Brentwood population was the demographic for the trial? Oh, OJ would have been found guilty. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Done. Done. So, I mean, kind of crazy, right? Just, just, just that whole OJ Simpson story, like you said, it's like the gift that keeps on giving because he just. He's like very popular on Twitter for all the wrong reasons. Hey, he Twitter his, world. He gives us truly his two cents for no reason. Like nobody wants to hear from you, OJ, but he there he is every time he's on the golf course. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm like, shut up, dude. Like, I don't <laughs> care about so two things have come out of the OJ Simpson saga between 1994 and 95 with the with the chase and the trial. We got OJ on Twitter now doing his thing. Hey, Twitter world. It's yours truly. It sounds like he's saying it's George truly, not it's yours truly. <laughs> so anytime you put, you see an OJ Simpson video, go look at the comments on Twitter, and I guarantee every single video, there's one comment that says it's George truly. <laughs> Two, because of OJ Simpson, we have the Kardashians. And think about that ripple effect. Oh, man. If Robert Kardashian wasn't OJ Simpson's good friend – and was one of his attorneys during the trial, do we have what we know as the Kardashian family? I don't think so. I so, don't think so. Because of OJ Simpson, Wild. we have the Kardashians. Wild. Think about that. Wild. It, it's insane. It's insane Wild. the dominoes throughout history and what we've become. The world is a funny place, my friend. The world is a funny place. You just never know what's going to happen. You know, I know. just So I just told this story. Um, today, actually, I was speaking to Espo, who I said was going to be on our show on Sunday. And I had mentioned, I said, you know, the world's a funny place because all these things are happening around me and happening around us. And three years ago, I applied for a position at the Tucson Daily Star. And, and then I told you about that same position. And you ended up getting that position. And I was hurt. I was like, damn, you know, I was happy for you. But I was hurt because I really wanted to stay in Tucson and I really wanted a job locally. And if I don't, if I get that job, I'm not here at Fox Sports Arizona. You know what I mean? And I'm not able to put myself in a position to do some really cool things and work with some really cool people 
And and we we probably aren't even doing this podcast because God knows where you would be at this point. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. You're, you're probably gone. So yeah, I, I just you know I think in this time with uh, of uh, such turbulence in this country, um, I I have I have had an emotional swing on the daily. Right. Um, I, I'm still trying to process everything day to day, but I at the end of the night when I sleep and what allows me to sleep is the thought that I know tomorrow is going to be a better day. And what can I do to better myself and the people around me for the future? And I usually go to sleep and and think a positive thought like, yeah, I can do this tomorrow. And and that's cool. If it's as small as just reaching out and making a phone call to somebody that I haven't talked to um, today, I reached out to a couple of social media people, one of them with the Cardinals Kyler Murray came out today and said that he will kneel during the national anthem. And I reached out to the social media person, not because, because um, I thought what he said was controversial, because I don't think it's controversial. I just don't. Um, but for a social media manager and what they have to deal with in terms of not only taking care of the players, but also the brand that you represent and trying to marry those two in harmony um, when it comes to difficult issues to deal with, um, is, is tough. And so I reached out and I just said, Hey man, you know, if you ever need to talk, if you need to vent, if you need some ideas, if you need just to, to talk this out, please, you know, that's what I'm here for. That small thing makes me feel like, okay, that was my good deed for the day. Uh, I can, I can move forward and, and see if anybody else needs help. You know what I'm saying? I wrapped this all up because I was thinking about, you know, just situationally and how crazy the world works. And, um, again, if, if one thing doesn't lead to another, and I, and I get the job in Tucson that I'm not here. I'm not able to meet these people and I'm not able to make that phone call or talk to this person. I've had so many discussions uh, with people in this industry that um, they just, they just want education. They they want education. They want to know, they want to, they want to feel like they're more educated on, on what it is that black people have to deal with. And I applaud them for that. That's what, that's what this is all about. This is what it needed to be. Four years ago, when Kaepernick took a knee, this is what it needed to be back in in the 1960s when when there was so much racial injustice. This is what it needed to be 400 years ago once slavery ended. You know, it just it it just needed to happen a lot earlier than this. But we're here, and that's all we can control. So um, I'm happy for that. I look at this as a as a silver lining, and hopefully, the beginning of the end of prejudice and racism in this country. I like that ripple effect a lot more than the Kardashians from OJ Simpson. But I don't know. And if we don't have the the Kardashians, I mean, I would have never known who Kim Kardashian was or better yet, Kendall Jenner. I mean, come on now. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> that's so, it, that's uh, all I mean, you can say. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> but here's also another thing about Kendall and, and and Kylie Jenner. It seems like the NBA community just seems to always flock towards them. Or they why flock is to that? Them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like when I, I saw I, Devin Booker driving yeah, around Sedona, Sedona. with yeah. Kendall Jenner, <laughs> I said, "D Book, you just signed a great contract. Let's try to make it to your next contract, okay?" And let uh, me tell you, the 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 Jenner curse. <laughs> the, the, the Kim Kardashian curse, that is a real thing. I, I truly believe it because 
you know, for a little while there, now Kanye has done some pretty good things recently, but for a little while there, you know, Kanye was a little off his rocker. Crazy. And, you know, what was that because of Kim? You look at Lamar Odom and that little uh, downfall that he had after he, he was with Chloe. So there always seems to be an interesting time or tie between NBA players, hip hop artists, and the Kardashians slash Jenners. But uh, going back to what you said, Saul, on ending on on a serious note, um, you know, just reaching out to people, it it could really make a huge difference because there are so many people in this world that just want their voice to be heard or they just want someone to listen to them. And you may not know it. So during this time, we're still in quarantine. I know states are opening back up. Arizona is Arizonans took it upon themselves to really open the state back up. And now Arizona's turned into a hotbed of coronavirus. But um, you know, we're we're locked up inside our, our homes still. And we're in the summer and we we're not gonna go outside because it's too damn hot, and we're always gonna be inside. So we're gonna have a lot of time. And I agree with you. So I think we need to, you know, reach out to people we haven't heard from in a long time and and have this dialogue and really have these discussions because, you know, you could be checking up on a friend or on a buddy and you might learn a few things. Yeah. You just never know. Well, you know, I, I, Justin, I think you and I can both identify with this, what I'm about to say. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to dedicate this, this episode specifically at the end to, the, to a, a young man that lost his life um, that we both can identify with in Fernando Galvan. Um, if, for those of you who do not know who this, this man was, he served his country um, and unfortunately, he he lost his life um, battling a, a disease that was just uh, you know he, he just wasn't able to overcome. Uh, that's about as much as I'll get into that. But um, time and time again, Justin and I have had discussions about you know we we should have reached out, we should have you know made a phone call. Uh, the last time I heard from Fernando was around Christmas time, and he. Um, he had reached out cause he was covering boxing, which was his love. You know, he loved covering boxing, loved coming, covering MMA. Um, and I, I texted him back and said, Hey man, where are you at? And he never responded. So we weren't able to connect. Um, and that was his last text to me. And so I always think about him and, and when, when we're in times like these, we have plenty of time, you know what I mean? And when you're emotional about something as serious as um, the, the social injustice around the country that's going on, some other people are too. It's not just you. You know what I mean? And they might be, they might have feelings in different ways because maybe they're white and they don't understand. Um, maybe they want to be educated. Maybe they um, are confused about why this is going on, whatever the case may be, or there's other things. And so that's why Justin, every now and then I'll reach out to you. I mean, we talk pretty much on a, on a daily basis, but we have other friends um, that reach out to your family members. You haven't talked to in a while. Um, Hey, take take a minute or two. Think about somebody. Shit, I don't care if you scroll through your phone, and you're like, "Oh man, I haven't talked to this person in a minute." Boom, hit them up. Just send them a text. Say, "Hey, how you doing? You good? I haven't heard from you for a while. Just want to see what's up." You would be surprised at how much that means to people. Absolutely. I don't have anything else to add on add to that. Uh, not Spot right, on. Man. There you go. Well, Justin, that's the end of this show. Forty two minutes, man. Every time I think we're going to go short, we always go long. I'll leave that at that. <laughs> <laughs> Insert famous Michael Scott quote. That's what uh, she said. 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, subscribe to the Total BS Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube, and make sure you give us a like and a follow on Facebook as well because YouTube and Facebook, and I believe Twitch. Oh, yeah, we're correct? on Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. On- uh, you can find me on Twitch, and that's where I stream so, the shows. Yes. Um, but and, and and breaking news, Justin, soon to have an Instagram page. So be on the lookout for that as well. Yes. So we are everywhere. All you got to do, search Total BS Podcast. Follow us, subscribe to us anywhere, anywhere and everywhere you can. Also, be sure to share with all your friends because we appreciate growth. That's what we're all about. And we're trying to expand this podcast. So share with all your friends. Let us know. Rate, review, do whatever you can. It might not seem like a lot, but we almost have 500 subscribers or 500 followers on on Facebook in just over a month um, for just a couple guys that are doing this out of their bedrooms. And, you know, we don't have, you know, you and I each were like three, four, five thousand followers on Twitter. Like we're not big, big names. That's going to change. And uh, we just want you to jump on board and be like, hey, man, I remember when those guys were doing that shit out of their freaking basement. It looked like, you know, what I mean, and now, um, you know, you're come along for the ride. We just we're it's been a little bit since we were able to just kind of kick back and have a little bit of fun on a podcast. I think tonight was that. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Justin. I appreciate you, brother. Love you, dog. That's the end of the show. We'll see you when you see you. Peace. Defense just might turn into offense. Be cool is just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack. You just sound whack rapping after us. Yo, your fans just might turn into offense. Be cool is just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack. You just sound whack rapping after us.